Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here, and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we are back with part two of our two-part series all about buying and selling medical practices with Brendan Campbell, a director at Prosperity Advisors Group. We, in the last episode, talked all about selling a medical practice. So, of course, in this episode, part two of our two-part series, we're going to be talking all about buying a medical practice. Now, if you are interested in the legal aspects of buying or selling a medical practice, make sure you listen in all the way to the end of this podcast because we'll talk about a couple of webinars that we have available for you on demand if you're interested in finding out the finer details from a legal perspective of buying or selling a business like a medical practice. Um, But In this episode, right now with Brendan, we're going to be drilling into the accounting and financial perspectives of buying a medical practice. So here we go with Brendan. Brendan, welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast. So good to have you back on the show. Great to be back and uh, yeah, great great to be here again. Wonderful, wonderful. So in the last episode, we talked all about selling a medical practice And now we're going to be talking about the um, accounting and financial issues in buying a medical practice. So, Brendan, why don't you give us a bit of an overview? What are the top things from your perspective that prospective purchasers of medical practices should be thinking about? Thanks, Joe. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit about the shoe is on the other foot. So often, the, if you're selling a medical practice, you'll have your advisor team in the background telling you what to what to do and what to say and how to present it. And then, if you're buying it, you've hopefully also got your advisor team on the other side saying, "Well, I see what they're doing there, and this is what they're trying to present." So, you're the vendor. We will be offering you some some documents to look at. You would have had initial discussions. It'll be a bit about this is what I think my practice is worth. Probably the first thing I'd, I'd be careful of is, is don't don't just agree to a price straight away with them. That's obviously a no-no. You really want to make sure you're getting advice and talking to lawyers and accountants first to make sure you know what you're buying and exactly what you're getting into. It's not like buying Telstra shares where you can see the market value, you can have a good look at history of yields and you can understand it. This is a business that you're likely going to have to get in and run yourself. You're likely a, a doctor or partner of a doctor, or maybe your nurse or a practice manager who wants to run it, but you're likely going to be involved in the business. Now, unless it's a significantly sized business that you're buying to add to your other businesses, in which case you're all over it, I'm sure. You don't need my help on that specific part of it. But if you're looking to buy a practice, then you're probably going to be involved with it and, and, and working in that business. So you really need to know what you're buying and that you are paying the right price for it. Um, probably importantly is just making sure you're not doing sort of a heads of agreement that commits you to a price straight away and that everything you're doing is really subject to due diligence and subject to finance are some of the key things to look at. And and then seeing what you can, what information is available to you to assess it, to make the best decision and be talking to your advisors about, about how to make that decision. Yeah, um, I completely agree. And um, look, buying, buying and selling any business is a bit of an emotional process. But one of the things I think 
that is super important um, to remember when you're buying a business is um, there will always be another one around the corner. You know, um, it's it's just about this. I, I find often buyers get so emotionally connected to the possibility of owning a, a particular practice that they don't, it, it, they have this sort of often emotional pull to not want to slow it down by going through the finer details. And, and I, I just think making sure you're dotting your I's, crossing your T's, um, properly looking at it from a legal perspective, property, properly looking at it from a financial accounting perspective is just so important to make sure this business, this practice is going to work the way that you think it will. Uh, because there's a lot of considerations, aren't there? You know, we, we um, you know, from a legal perspective, you want to feel confident that the staff um, are going to come on board, that your clients are going to be, that the value that you're looking for is going to be retained um, and that the risks um, in the, there aren't risks in the practice that you're not aware of or that will transfer to you. From a financial perspective, Brendan, you talked about, um, you talked about assessing it from my financial perspective. So how do we do that as a buyer? How do we assess if a, if a practice is is a good deal or not financially? And and in our last um, podcast on the sell side, you talked about benchmarks. So I'd be just be really interested how that applies um, from you know a financial accounting perspective. In the buy side, you should get if you're new to buying a, a business or a practice, you'll end up uh, typically medical practices sold on an EBIT multiple. So, what that how that plays out is you get like a profit and loss statement with some ad backs on it, which gives you a bit of a future maintainable earnings number, a number that if someone buying it should be able to get this going forward or get that amount going forward. And if you're not a doctor in there, you know it'll it'll have ad backs for things. Like if there's an owner doctor or the someone working in the business, if they're not there, you have to sort of and they're they're wage is part of the profit, you've really got to back that out to make sure that what you're looking at is the true profit, that if you had staff doing the roles, that what would be the profit you're making? Uh, and then you apply multiple to that. And, you know, just rough guide, I guess you're looking three, four, five times, five years worth of profit. So if it's making $200,000 a year, you might be paying anywhere from $600,000 to a million dollars to buy that practice. And these are obviously, it's not not advice on how much you should pay. That's just a bit of a rough guide for you. Um, <laughs> and if you, yeah, that's, that's that's I guess, a pretty good return because if you think three years worth of profits or five years worth of profits, yeah, that's, if that's a 20% return on five years, that's that's better than you're going to get on the share market where you might be getting six, seven or 8% return. If you're getting 20% return, well, that's, that's a great investment. Let's just throw all the cash in and go for it. But obviously there's a lot bigger risks involved with that. That's why you, you're getting a better return because you, it doesn't just tick along and do that. You've got to run the business and make sure it does that and make sure it returns that. And there is risk in running a business and there's risks with a lot of things with staff, with the doctors. There's a lot of risks involved. So it's important to understand and I guess you'll get a, a profit loss statement with some addbacks in it, how much its future maintainable earnings are, how many years worth of profit they're talking about. And then you can assess it and think, well, okay, well, if I take over this business, can I run it to do that? Will I get any experience in doing that? Do I know the business? Do I know the risks? Am I, you know, if you're working in the practice and you're an existing doctor and the owners approached you and said, you know, you're one of the good billers, are you keen? I want to get out. Do you want to get in? That can work really well. You already know the business. You have, you will know the, the, the staff. You will know the other doctors. You will know who's happy, who's not happy. But if you're buying from interstate, all of a sudden you're, or, you know, or somewhere we don't know the practice in any way at all, 
you're trying to buy a practice looking at a set of numbers, you know, but you don't feel or know the practice. So it's very hard to judge sometimes um, what 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 those other factors are. So it's important to, you know, don't definitely don't go too high if you don't know the practice well enough or you don't feel it's going to be able to do that. So there's a lot of those things to consider. And then I guess, you know, the financial data, is it is it running well? Sometimes you want to buy a practice that, you know, isn't isn't running fantastically, but there's a lot of upside to it. It's like the, you know, the adage of a coach, do you want do you want the player who's already perfect and you can't do much with, or do you want the guy who has a natural ability and you could change them in so many ways and get so much better? Sometimes you want that when you're buying it because you think, oh, they're not doing this, they're not doing that, there's no pathology in here, there's no PIP in here, they're not accredited yet, we can do all of this and there's get it opportunity up. for growth, so much yeah. opportunity, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you want that sort of practice that you can buy. Um, and, you know, the, the benchmarks you mentioned, would you know, you run a benchmark report and look at it, well, Top of my head, yeah. How much are they paying for rent? What's the rent? Is it you know five six percent? And Billings is probably a standard for most GP practices. The staff wages can be significantly different. Um, you know, anywhere from twelve percent for nurse and admin costs as a percentage of Billings, up to twenty two, twenty three percent. And that obviously you'd rather be paying twelve percent, but sometimes it's a higher number because you might have nurses who are actually doing a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the care plans and they're, they're doing a lot of the work and then you're getting increased billings because your nurses are doing a lot of care plan work and a lot of, a lot of billing work is part of it. So therefore, it's okay to pay more for wages. But what are the numbers and what's 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 the, the billing mix? Are they bulk bill, private practice? How many doctors are there? What are the full-time equivalent doctors? Is there Are there five rooms and there's only three full-time equivalent doctors? Room for growth? Are they flat out and squeezing someone in at lunch in between the rooms and no room for growth? Have, and the, uh, I think we mentioned in the in the selling one as well. We talked about you know, is there a lease in place? You don't want to you don't want to buy this place and then six months later go get the letter and go, oh, your lease has expired. We're not renewing it. Oh, bugger! What do we do now? That's a bit of an well, issue. Well, exactly. <laughs> and 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 because quite often for a medical practice, a lot of the value is tied up in in that um, in patients. Just, you know, coming back to the same place year after year, you know, so the premises do actually hold, can in some instances hold a lot of value, not to mention, you know, the need to then um, pay for new fit outs and uh, those sorts of things if, if you're required to move. Um, and, and of course, from a buy side, and we, we talked about this in the sell side, from a buy side, you have to be really careful with things like tenure of um, uh, security of tenure in, in your leases or, or if you're purchasing the premises, it's fine, but if you're leasing the premises, you might have difficulty getting finance if there's not um, a significant period um, that you have secured the lease for. So that's absolutely something that you should be aware of, um, both from a legal and a financial and accounting perspective um, on buy side for medical practices. And obviously, there's those, the other non-accounting, non-legal things, but you know, maybe do, you'd want to have a bit of a look at the area and make sure the competition in the area. If you're if it's a bulk billing practice you're paying for, and there's a new bulk billing super clinic opened up two doors down, well, maybe you should know about that and have a bit of a look into that <laughs> beforehand. It's not really an accounting aspect of it, but it's an important thing to consider that that you know what is the competition in the area and. How do they bill, and what's the what's the demographic of the area? All those sort of things. And I guess the last thing to talk about that it, that is mostly legal, but does involve um, an, an amount of financial and, and pe perhaps accounting input is 
is how you're going to structure the deal. So quite often you'll structure a deal with an upfront payment and then a deferred payment um, for the balance or an earnout. So an earnout being contingent on something happening within the business um, uh, over a period of time. Um, is there anything that we should be thinking about from um, you, you know checking in with our accountants as we structuring the deal to make sure we're not um, creating any traps along the way. Yeah, look, there's often little traps, um, but yeah, often that earnout clause. If there's an earnout clause in there, it is what it is, and essentially it's going to be the seller's probably going to have more of an impact on how their tax is affected by it. If you're buying the practice, um, if you can get an earnout clause in there, that's often good because it gives you some maturity. So rather than paying Previous example, rather than paying a, a million dollars for the practice, they might get six hundred up front, and then another two hundred after a year, and another two hundred after the next year. If there's, you know, ninety percent of the patients are maintained, the doctors stay there, whatever the clauses are within that, as long as the seller's happy to commit to that, or maybe the seller's got to stay on as well for a couple of years and and do billing and help transition the business over and those sort of things. And that, you know, in some ways is, is kind of handy because you don't have to come up with a million dollars on year one, but the banks want to make sure you have a million, you have a ability to get a million dollars, I guess, in year one. Uh, but but that from a point of view of purchasing, it's probably less of a concern than it is for the for the seller when they're selling. Yeah, and, and, and I guess the last thing, though, uh, to think about, you know, quite often we end up spending quite a bit of time negotiating these Burnout clauses, and there can be some sticky, you know, some sticky areas in relation to controls that a seller will want to ensure are there uh, in relation to what you do as a buyer with the business during the period of the earnout, or, or even the deferred payment or what you're going to provide as security along the way or how the earnout accounts are going to be prepared, um, which might then reflect back to the way that you'd normalise the accounts um, as you head um uh, as you, sorry, the way a seller has normalised the accounts heading into a sale. So I guess there's just all of these sorts of things to think about. Earnouts can be a bit complicated, but obviously hold many potential benefits um, for a buyer. But going with your eyes eyes wide open, it might require a bit of negotiation <laughs> and a force, foresight to be able to work out, you know, how you deal with some of the issues that might come up if, if you're trying to spread and share your risk through approaches like deferred payments or earn-out um, earn clauses. Yeah, 100%, Joe. It's, it's, it's advantageous for the buyer if there's an earn-out clause there. But as you said, the, the devil's in the detail a little bit who's preparing those accounts and showing that they're hitting the, you know, you've got to have very specific targets that are measurable so you can actually know what you're going to hit as to whether you pay that extra money or not. And if you don't want to be coming a, well, that's open to interpretation. And I think exactly you don't want that. So that can just 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, fabulous. Okay. Any last parting comments for you, Brendan, for our potential buyers out there of medical practices for what they should be thinking about from your perspective? I would say engage your, your, your advisors early to make sure that you're talking to them and you're not, don't lead off with, I want to buy your practice. It's great. It's exactly what I wanted. Let's talk. You are paying top dollar if you're doing that and that may be happy to pay top dollar, but don't lead off with that conversation. Be interested, get some information. I'll talk to my advisors and come back to you. Have a look at their information. Make sure you're both clear on exactly what it is. And, and as we talked about the last one, what are you buying? Is it shares? Is it a business? Is it shares in the business? Like, what are you actually going to buy? What is the specific thing you're buying? Not shares in a company or is it actually the business? 
that the company say owns. Um, so knowing that, knowing what you what you want and finding the practice you want. Don't buy it because it's there. There are other ones that come available, but if it's a practice you work in, you know it well, you want to be part of it, I get it. That's that's when you want to buy. Then maybe you pay a bit more because you're familiar with it, you know it, there'll be less due diligence because you know all the doctors, you know the staff, and you know it's going to go great for the next 20 years. So that's, that's great. Happy to get involved more with those ones at the higher price because you're comfortable with it. I fully understand that, but just make sure you get advice early and don't commit to anything. Due diligence and finance need to be on every contract. Um, yeah, really important to, to do. Brilliant. Well, Brendan, huge thank you for coming on for our two-part series all about how to sell and how to buy um, a medical practice. If you have listened to this um, acquisition episode because you're thinking about buying a business, um, a medical practice into the future, then make sure you also listen to the exit one that we did as part one because it's super important that you also begin with the end in mind, I think. But if, um, if our listeners want to contact you, Brendan, to assist them with buying um, or growing or exiting a medical practice? How did they go about doing that? Uh, just jump online at prosperity.com.au or bcampbell at prosperity.com.au. Jump online or the, the edit notes, I'm sure I'll have it in, in your podcast here, but contact us. We've got uh, offices in, in Sydney, Newcastle and Brisbane and we deal quite a bit with Medico, so absolutely can help. Brilliant, wonderful. Thank you once again, Brendan, for coming on to the Deal Room podcast. No problem. Thanks. Well, that's it for our second part of our two-part series in this episode. Obviously, we talked all about buying a medical practice. And if you're interested in hearing about the episode of the accounting and financial perspectives of exiting a medical practice, then head over to our last podcast episode before this one, and you'll find Brendan and I talking all about those relevant issues for an exit. Now, if you'd like more information about this topic, then head to our show notes or over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com where you'll be able to download a transcript of this episode if you'd like to read it in more detail or if you would like to find details of how to contact Brendan Campbell at Prosperity Advisors Group, if you would like assistance from an accounting or financial perspective with the acquisition of a medical practice. Now, if you are after assistance from a legal perspective with the acquisition or the sale of a medical practice, then head over to our show notes and our website as well, because there you can contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal and line up a time to speak to one of our legal eagles there if you would like to discuss any aspects of sales or acquisitions of a medical practice. We also have a number of on-demand webinars for you if you would like to drill in to the legal aspects of the sale or acquisition of a business in greater detail. We have a buy side webinar where we talk about the legal aspects in buying businesses and we have a sell side webinar where we talk all about the legal aspects of selling and preparing for the sale of a business. So head over to our show notes or over to our website um, for the episode 
page for this podcast episode and you'll be able to there link straight through to our on-demand webinars if you would like some further information about what you need to be thinking about from a legal perspective as you head into either an acquisition or an exit of a medical practice. Well, that's it. I really hope you enjoyed what you heard today. If you did, please pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Well, that's it. Thanks again for listening in. You have been listening to Joanna Oki and The Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition. So see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to The Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. 